What's up, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Stephen Talk Soccer Podcast. This is episode number three of the new Premier League season, match day number four of the Premier League season as well. So much has happened. I hope you guys can will enjoy this video and many, many other ones I'll be making in the future. Please do me the kind favor before we get started of liking and also subscribing to the Stephen Talk Soccer YouTube channel. That would mean the absolute world to me. And also comment what you think so far of the Premier League season. I personally think it's been an absolute thriller so far, and I hope you guys agree. But without any further introduction, let's get straight into this video and this episode. I will have half of this video, or half this video, Cooked. Let's get straight into the action. Starting off with Manchester United versus Arsenal. That match finished a total score of 3-1 to one for the Gunners who are playing at home. Who Both teams who haven't been that great this season so far. Let's keep it a buck. But definitely a game that showed Arsenal's true qualities in moments and United's kind of incohesiveness that we've seen throughout the entirety or sort of say the this this season up until now and before i continue please remember guys all of these episodes these videos will be 20 minutes and no longer after the 20 minute mark all of the games should be covered everything i want to say should be covered in 20 minutes that's how i'm trying to do it from now on and to continue back to the game however Goals were scored in the 20th minute and beyond, ironically. Marcus Rashford opened the scoring for Manchester United with a really good goal, might I add, because it's a classic Marcus Rashford finish. How many times do you see Marcus Rashford get the ball in the counterattack and find a way to just completely blitz the opposition, doing a little move from the left wing, cutting in onto his favorite right foot, and this time, with the, you know, through the help of a deflection, the ball finds its way into the back of the net. It's one nothing to Manchester United at this time. Now, for Arsenal, it didn't take them very long to respond, as you guys probably all saw. Martin Odegaard, who for me is arguably one of the best players in the Premier League, I genuinely believe that, scores a great equalizer to make it 1-1 in the game to see the, t- the, the scoreline be 1-1 at halftime. Arsenal were, were, were a bit slow out of the gates, and I feel like the second half, they definitely reminded themselves who they're playing against and what, how much the game means to them in, order, in, in wanting to win it. Of course, United definitely shot themselves in the foot with a bit of lackadaisical possession throughout the majority of the second half. Arsenal then go on to punish United through Declan Rice, their new signing, which is even more vindicated in how much money they paid for him and you know the fact that he's had so much expectations behind him leaving West Ham and he's been one of Arsenal's best players. He was one of Arsenal's best players in this game, especially trying to have to you know hold his hand for Kai Havertz, who can barely play football in the Premier League. Scores a great goal to make it 2-1 for the Gunners. And Arsenal are absolutely cruising at this point. Then they bring on the likes of Fabio Vieira, another player who I think is extremely good and quietly underrated by most Premier League fans. He then sets up Gabriel Jesus, who then absolutely skins the United defense and makes it 3-1 to finish out the game for Arsenal. Really good result for the Gunners. And they'll be happy to be beating a big rival going into, into the international break. Now switching gears to, we're going to touch on three different players all playing for different clubs and playing in different respective games, scoring hat-tricks for their teams. Let's start off straight off with the Mr. Inevitable himself, as I call him, Erling Braut Holland. Now, Holland again, this season is going to be like a thunderstorm or lightning to teams that have sunny days. Just going to come and ruin your party. Just going to completely shut down your, your, your parade, shut down your celebration. Fulham, who actually had a decent game by their standards but i mean they nearly lost one of their best players in draw palina they're able to keep him thank god for their sake but the likes of mitrovic obviously who their main talisman is gone 
And their main source of goals really is also gone. For Manchester City, however, their main, main source of goals scores on a repeated basis. He does it again. Another hat-trick for Manchester City. He's played less than 100 games for the club. And already he scored, I think, four or five hat-tricks already in his time in England. It's absolutely insane. Haaland makes it look effortless, effortlessly easy to score this many goals at this, this caliber, at this propensity. And I can assure you, if you play football, we all know it's not that simple. To score one goal in a Premier League match is impressive, but to score three in this manner that he did is even more impressive. Manchester City find a way to break down every opposition they play against, at home especially, but against any team, no matter where they're playing, they're very good, but at home they're even better. And for City, who, you know, they kind of trudged their way around the match, kind of were a bit slow to get to the, to the real heat of the game. Once they got to going, they were never going to be stopped. Phil Foden, who for me is going to be my player of the season. Yes, I'm saying it now. I think he's going to have a blinding season. I really do. I'd be shocked if Phil Foden isn't one of the best players we watched this season in the Premier League. Again, in this game, influential, you know, helping to set up the goal for Julian Alvarez, which was the first goal of the game for City. But then, of course, he had the Haaland hat-trick, which by that time, the game was basically over, despite the fact that Fulham got a goal through Tim Ream. We all knew City were going to win. Even when they went 1-1 in the game, no one thought they were going to lose. And that's classic City for you. Once Haaland gets a sniff of goal and he gets one goal on the score sheet, the game is done. And that's exactly what happened. The game was over. City run out 5-1 winners and continue their unbeaten streak in the Premier League. Their only team in the Premier League at the moment to not drop any points. I think it might continue for some time. This team is genuinely so well balanced coached by in my opinion again the best coach that i've ever seen coach a football team so especially at this high level i just think it's insane what guardiola has been able to do and the city team is making me jealous you know as a chelsea fan watching my team be terrible week in week out but let's switch gears again let's switch, switch over to chelsea uh who lost one nothing let's not really talk about this for very long but who lost one nothing against nottingham forest in a game where the onus and the expectation was that chelsea would win this game comfortably and might I add, Chelsea had one of the worst matches I think they played, not in years, because last season is definitely not too far away, and last season Chelsea were diabolically bad. But one of the worst games they played in, in the Pochettino era, for so far preseason and Premier League games uh, included. And to concede the way Chelsea did was shocking. It's just a team full of disorganization, a lack of understanding, a lack of chemistry, a lack of synergy, which is expected with all the new signings that they made. The whole lineup is completely different, barring like two players in this team than it was, you know, at this point last season. So it's expected, but it's going to be growing pains that we're seeing teething problems and forgetting my bias to be, you know, and in support of a Chelsea. It must be mentioned that this is a team that's definitely going to need some time to properly bed in Pochettino's system and to have the right 11 playing on the field. Like I'm looking at the likes of Christopher Nkunku. He's been injured. He's not, he hasn't played a Premier League minute for Chelsea yet. The likes of Fafana, who's one of Chelsea's best defenders. He got injured earlier in preseason. He's not going to play until basically next season almost. Romeo Lavia has picked up an injury for Chelsea recently as well. He's going to be off for six weeks. The, the list goes on of players that you know would come into the lineup regularly and were forced to be playing we call them deputies all over the field regardless that's no excuse to lose at home to Nottingham Forest no matter what era of Chelsea that you are and Chelsea always do this the last couple of let's say last five six years now what I've called the post Eden Hazard era era 
Chelsea have been shocking going forward. They're the most slow, redundant, monotonous team attacking-wise. They have no pattern. There's no cohesion. There's no, there's no um, tactical mindset when a player is in possession. I'm going to play the ball here. The only bright spot for Chelsea this game is Cole Palmer coming off the bench from, and obviously signing from Manchester City only a couple days before this game. That is the only positive Chelsea can take away because I'm certain Cole Palmer will be a good player for Chelsea. I have no doubt about that. He has all the fundamentals of a City player playing in a Chelsea team that want to play like City but are missing so many more of the fundamentals that they need to be that kind of team. And I feel like for this Chelsea team, it's just a matter of getting that rhythm and that momentum and that and that continuity as an 11 to get things really going. And for me personally, to see three defenders on the pitch, you know, in a game where you're playing at home against a side you're expected to beat. How do you have three defenders on the field? I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely could not tell you I don't know. And they're going to say, but they're playing a back four. It's really a back four. I'm aware that tactically and on paper, it's a back four, but you don't need three center backs on the field. Defenders, three defenders, which I said earlier is wrong, but what I mean is three center backs, which is insane. You only need the classic two, and to be fair, Pochettino loves to tinker with the system. I know he did this at PSG, he did it at Tottenham, he did it at at, uh, Southampton. I understand that, but stick with what you've done best. Play your 4-2-3-1, play your 4-1-2-2 diamond, whatever you want to call it. Shout out all the FIFA nerds that are watching this. You know what I'm talking about. But no, we're playing these three center backs against a team that we would easily dominate if you had another attacker to kind of give more firepower to the team. But we make the mistake of not doing that. We're bringing on Mudrick to play quarterback in the middle of the pitch like he's, you know, prime Pirlo. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Then I'm watching the likes of Nani Madaweke trying to beat his man doing the same move 10 times in a row and expecting a different result. Okay, Albert Einstein and Insanity, we know what you mean. And then I'm watching the likes of Nicholas Jackson miss a sit. When I say sitter, I mean understatement on the sitter this was an absolute sitter like there's no excuse to miss this and the reason why i say that is because as a striker with his with his kind of profile and his ability and we know the talent he has all he needs to do is open up his foot as as, as opposed to using the outside of his foot as he did to score uh, to try to score just open up your foot to get the inside of your foot available and sweep it into the back of the net. But what, did he do? what does he do? Sends it over the bar. That was Chelsea's only real big chance of the game. And that was kind of the moment ruined. I will need another sign, for example. Completely bullied Chelsea's back line. Tyro is having a, a season of his life right now for Nottingham Force and has been for the last couple months, even dating back to last end of last season. Bullying the Chelsea defense sets up Anthony Alanga, who scores his first goal for his new club, making it seem like he's prime, you know, uh, I don't know, prime, what's his name? Let's say like a prime Alexis Sanchez at Arsenal. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, the momentum is all with Nottingham Forest. They defended in low in a deep, low block in the box, making, making it very difficult to be broken down. They have literally man mountains like a tree. Funny enough, they're called Forest because they have a bunch of trees in their mid, in their defense and midfield, capable of stuff, snuffing all, all types of dangers. Chelsea are swinging and crosses, expecting someone who's clearly not six foot five, but there's no one in the in the box that's six foot five winning a header there, trying to score headers from that, which was never going to work. So as a result, Chelsea lose one nothing. But let's switch over to the second player that got a hat trick this weekend, which is Evan Ferguson. Now Brighton and Hove Albion, as we call them on this channel from now on, Brighton Munich. Oh my lord, Brighton Munich, my days, man. Brighton go one week from being terrible, getting absolutely battered by West Ham, to the next week beating a team that's playing in a Champions League group of PSG, AC Milan, and Borussia Dortmund in Newcastle. And at home, Brighton have been really 50-50, and even against certain opposition, they find a way to be subpar and and uh, a bit 
unpredictably bad almost. And I think in this game, they they relied on one player and one player took the, the responsibility upon himself and said, you know what? I'm going to win this game for my team. Don't matter what's happening. I'm going to make sure we get three points today. Evan Ferguson scoring all three goals for Brighton. Definitely looking like a Kane regen almost, if you want to call him that. I'd had a fantastic, fantastic performance for the Seagulls, scoring some absolute deadly goals, especially that first one. What a finish to beat the goalkeeper, picking up the ball so deep in midfield and finding the top corner. It's just, he's full of so much quality, this player, and he reads the game exceptionally well for someone of his age. That's a quality, and that's a, a, almost an uncoachable skill, where if you know and you can instinctively understand how to play your position, it's, an, it's basically, you can't coach that to someone and say, play like Evan Ferguson. It's like, no, that's just his innate ability, and he's showing it week in, week out. Brighton, I think, are going to be a very, very dangerous team when they want to be. And I feel like if they shoot themselves in the foot, which they can do sometimes, like we saw last week, then that might stifle them. But when they're playing well and Evan Ferguson is having, you know, the chef's spoon in his hand and has a big stew in front of him in the pot, it's over. He's cooking. It's over. You know, like it's going to be another big win for Brighton, no matter who they're playing against, if they keep on this momentum, especially against a Newcastle team that many people have touted to finish in the top six to be a proper, proper European side going forward, especially with the investment and, you know, the coaching and how well Eddie Howe's done at Newcastle. But now Newcastle have played three or four of the best teams in England, I'd argue, and they finally should have an easier slate, you know, coming off the international break having to play the likes of uh, Manchester City having to play the likes of Arsenal as well it's been very difficult for them to 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 bed their feet into the season properly and to finally get that rhythm and to get that 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 real feel-good factor that they're looking for and it's like I said it's really made it much more difficult to go and try to beat these teams and it was actually against Liverpool not Arsenal that was a mistake I miss miss uh missed remembered who had played but regardless of that great game from Everett Ferguson another up-and-coming star not gonna play for England he wants to play for his his native native country of Republic of Ireland which is more than respectful but it's gonna be interesting to see how his career develops yet another hundred million pound prospect on the horizon for Brighton that we know big teams will be swooping in for uh next summer so let's see how much he'll go for once he's sold in the in uh, the years to come let's go on to the next hat-trick hero Hyunmin Son and Tottenham Hotspur. And to be fair, Tottenham have been, have been absolutely cooking so far this season. Cooking, 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 cooking. Expressions must be the happiest man alive right now. I don't know how. I don't know what Ange Postecoglou has been able to cook up over there in North London. But it's instantly, they've come in and been one of the most exciting teams to watch this season. The likes of James Madison, who for me is one of my favorite players. And I can't support him no more because he plays for Spurs, which is just a shame in my opinion. But Spurs have been brilliant this season. They really have. There's still things they need to iron out for sure, especially defensively. But going forward, they look so clinical. Selling Kane might have been... Uh, a mistake that we, we, we consider to be one, a mistake, but it definitely doesn't look that way. They play much better football as a team, it almost seems like, and are less reliant on one goal scorer, which is what you want, which is to share the goals amongst a variety of players on the field. So, so Hyunmin Son with the hat trick, who's, you know, he's the understudy, I guess, you know, the, the Robin to Kane's Batman has been taking the Batman mantle now and has just been really, really, really lethal. And he had a bit of a slow start in the first two games, but it's been taking off now like a rocket ship. Kaboom to the sky like NASA. Shout out Houston and we have a problem. And all of a sudden, this guy's killing it. I mean, he loves the game against Burnley. We've seen him destroy Burnley in the past. Even scoring, I think, a goal of the season it was uh, for the Premier League, and it was, which, which was a goal against Burnley at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where he dribbles past like seven or eight players to score a goal. But just shows you, you know, Sun has really tapped in now. 
and another player that Spurs will definitely are going to need in Kane's absence. And I think he'll be a really, really key addition or key member of the team, rather not addition, member to the team to to keep up these uh, this goal scoring streak for Spurs. So Spurs win five two against Burnley, a game that you kind of expected them to win because again they've been such great form recently, despite crashing out of the EFL Cup. Um, and again, for Burnley, it's just a really poor start for Vincent Company. Not had the easiest teams to play against, having to play against City, having to play against Spurs in their in their um, schedule. It's not been simple, but I do think that there should be a better. Um, there should be more expectations to be better this season, and I feel like this team could easily be lower than all of us have. have many of us have predicted them to be. So let's see where they go. But things aren't looking good based on that performance. We then have two matches that finished 2-2 back-to-back. I'll get over them quickly. Sheffield United versus Everton. Really good game of football. One name I'm going to say on this game in Sheffield United-Everton. At the, um, what's it called? I don't remember the name of the stadium now. This is terrible ball knowledge for me. But at Sheffield United's home stadium, um, it was really, really, really indicative and telling that you know what one player can win you a game or bring you back in the match because once everton had taken the lead through Ducure, i said okay classic sean dyche away performance they're winning one nothing away from home it's going to be a simple victory for them take away the, the three points and you know shut up shop for 90 minutes or 80 whatever minutes hold a clean sheet go home and win not the case. Cameron Archer, who I think is going to have a brilliant career in football. I really, I remember watching him play last season for Villa and even in the championship as well. A really, really good player. I don't know what's this guy, what the guy has in his locker, but things you don't really expect. And the goal that Sheffield United scored to make it 1-1 was brilliant. The, the settle and control from uh, from Ollie McBurney, you guys have to watch this goal. That's genuinely a great goal. That's the layoff to Archer, who just completely just... De Bruyne-esque puts his foot through the ball. Keeper has no chance. Of, not even a dream of saving the shot from Pickford, who we know is a fairly decent keeper. But the ball goes in the back of the net. It's 1-1. Then again, Archer scores. But, I mean, it's a deflected goal or a goal off the goalkeeper's back as an own goal for Pickford. But a great strike from Archer, who just finds a space and completely cracks it off the post. So giving the keeper no chance to get to it. Hits the post. Goes off of Pickford's back. 2-1 for Sheffield United going, going into halftime. And then we finally see the second half of which Dan Juma, who I think is going to be a great signing for Everton, scores to make it 2-2, and the game finished honors even. And Brentford versus Bournemouth, another thrilling game of football. We saw all types of goals. Great goal from Mbwemo with a great turn. A very good finish from David Brooks, who I think is a really good player. I think Bournemouth have some sleepers on their team. I definitely knew, especially once Tyler Adams comes into the side, they're going to be a very uh, interesting team to watch. I think they're a team to definitely look out for. I'd highly recommend you watch Bournemouth games going forward. I know, I know that sounds crazy to say, but it's, trust me, Bournemouth have some decent guys on their team. They just need a bit more chemistry. But uh, let's move on to Liverpool versus Villa. Dominic Sobo, Sobo, Dominic Zoboshlai, one of my favorite players. I absolutely adored him at Leipzig. He's, I've been watching him since his time at, at Salzburg. I've always liked Zoboshlai. If you know me, you know Zoboshlai is one of my favorite players. Even for Hungary, I've always kept a close eye to him. Really good player. Scored a great goal to open the scoring for uh, Liverpool against Aston Villa at Anfield. We then saw a goal again for Liverpool. Uh, you know, weird goal, but it counts. It counts. A goal is a goal. Darwin Darwinius. Nunez involved again, classic Darwin Nunez. And then we had the third goal being, being scored by uh, Mohamed Salah, who's going to keep scoring goals for fun. That's just what he does, even when he's not trying. He loves a goal against Villa, has a great track record against them, and he scores against everybody. So that's no real surprise. Then we had Crystal Palace versus Wolves. Last game I'm going to mention really quickly, then we're done. Crystal Palace went 3-2, really good game of football again. Very high-scoring match, but Palace had the lead for, for some time, and Wolves only were able to get some consolation goals. And I think Wolves should be nervous about how their season might end because 
or how the season might go, rather, not end, but yeah, how it's starting and how it might end. It's not looking good for them right now. For Palace, it's a very good win. But on that note, ladies and gentlemen, and did not mean to scream, I'm very sorry. But on that note, thank you guys for listening and for watching. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure to go check me out on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to go leave a like and a comment and subscribe on this video. Road to 1K is the dream right now. Let's keep pushing, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Thank you guys again for listening, as always. I've been your boy, The Don. Deuces. Hey, everyone. Are you enjoying the content? Please be sure to leave a rating and a review and to check out my other episodes. If you're looking for more Steven Talks Soccer content, you can find me at STS Pod on Instagram, at Steve Talks Footy on Twitter, and at Steven Talks Soccer on TikTok. Become a consistent starter in the STS squad.